Welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about practical prayer strategies and some book recommendations that we have that have helped us in our prayer life. So personally, like this time last year was like perfect. Like I experienced a better prayer time or I haven't experienced a better prayer time. Um, I was out every morning for about an hour. I didn't, you know, I had several of my apps and the little readings that I had coming in through my email and I'd read all those. I had my daily readings with the Bible and my books and I was journaling and I had my coffee and it was great and um, I was, was very peaceful. And over the past year, things haven't worked out that smoothly um, and I've kind of lost some of that time. So... I've been trying to incorporate little bits of prayer throughout my day. I still think the silent prayer is extremely important, and I still long for that, and I'm going to still work towards that. But it's not what is happening right now. So the practical things that I've been doing to at least keep that relationship with God going and let him know that I'm trying my best to get through the day is I might say, you know, an Angelus right before mealtimes. We say our meal prayer, but we've also started to say the Angelus at mealtimes. And, um, or I might say a little prayer, a Hail Mary in the car. One of the things that my kids and I do is if there's an ambulance, we'll say a prayer for the, uh, we'll say a Hail Mary and we'll say a prayer for the first responders and the victims that they're going to help. Um, And sometimes I don't, I'm not always good at this, but if I'm really frustrated with maybe something at home and I end up having to do hand washing dishes, then I'll say a prayer while I'm hand washing. Um, a couple months ago, we got a Mary for our garden. And sometimes I'll walk outside and just take a deep breath and just look at Mary and ask her to help me be a better, better mother and to grant me, help me get the grace that I need to make it through the day. So just like little things to kind of hold on. It's not my ideal prayer situation, but I think it's helpful to know that you can pray anytime during your day. And it doesn't have to be a long prayer or even a set prayer. It could be just say, thank you, Jesus, or help me, Jesus, and move on. What do you guys do for your prayer life? I think for me, the dry spells, which have happened more and more um, over the past two years than I've been used to in a long time, um, are kind of disturbing. Because although if you if you study the interior life, you, you understand that those are actually part of the process. But it doesn't make dealing with them any easier. And the temptation, I think, for me, and like you mentioned, the temptation is to say, well, that was when it was better back then but actually right now I think that's what I have to remember is you know oh well why can't it be like it was you know looking back and but every every relationship with God goes through that marriage season where everything is very lovey-dovey and the consolations are coming 
And those are necessary because you need to attach to Jesus. See, it's just like in marriage or with our children. We have to attach to, to him. So he sends these consolations to us to bind us to him so that we can learn to trust him, to see him in our lives. And then all of a sudden, sometimes in the spiritual journey, as you progress, they just disappear. Or your desire for prayer is just gone. And you're like, what happened? Sometimes it can be from sin or just a lack of discipline in your prayer life. Other times it's actually from God. And that's what we have to discern because the dryness is a, is sometimes the most beautiful stage of our relationship with God because that's when we can offer him our love with our will and not with our feelings. Because at some point, just like in our marriage and just like with our kids, the feelings just are not there. That's going to happen every single, to every single person. And I think in our relationship with Christ, the same thing goes down to deepen our commitment to him. Will you be faithful to me? in the dry spots and not just in the suffering. That's another stage that you have to be faithful in with your will, but in just the blech, you know, like, Ugh, you know, I wish it was better than it was, but I don't really care that much. Or maybe you're like, I wish it was better than it was. And I'm really concerned because I just feel so dry. I think that, that we have to discern where is it coming from first? And if we really do after some discernment, just realize that I'm not, this isn't really, it's is just something that's happening to me. It's not really something that I'm, holding back, then we press in deeper to the heart of God with our will and with our, our choices and with our, you know, mortifying our flesh and becoming close, loving him, like what you do where you go out and you just talk to him, even when you're like, Ugh. you just talk to our lady when you just feel dry. I think those are beautiful things. And I think also they mean a whole lot more than you think they do. Because, you know, what's this thing about seeing say something about, you know, um, Everybody wants to hang out with me. Jesus said this story. It was something like this, totally paraphrasing. This is a Lauren paraphrase. Everybody wants to hang out with me when things are good. Nobody will just be with me. Just be with me and keep me comfort. And my heart is burning. And that's what Jesus said to her. Keep watching me. Be a resting place for me. And I think for me, these dry spells, which I'm in a little bit of a dry spell right now too, and it's really hard. These dry spells are just a way for me to show the Lord, I am still here for you. I'm still waiting for you, whether you show up or not. And I think for me, that's the only way I can get through them. I've definitely experienced the dry spells as well. And I think, I don't know if I would call it a dry spell that I'm experiencing right now, but I guess kind of in a way, like, trying to get up early in the morning before the kids and just have like five minutes to myself in prayer. Um, and then, you know, start my day and, you know, do prayers here and there uh, throughout the day. And just as they come up, you know, thanking God for this or asking God for this. And I have seen that I have had some improvement in my prayer life. When I haven't been like, you know, like I, I have in the past, I've been like, okay, well, I'm going to wake up an hour and a half before the kids and I'm going to spend like 30, 40 minutes in prayer and then I'm going to read the Bible. And then, you know, in the afternoon, I'm going to, you know, read this reflection and read the, the scripture readings for the day. And then at night, I'm going to do more Bible reading and all this stuff. And this like, you know, comes from not doing any prayer at all. And 
I, th- I think for me, like trying to go from, you know, not really praying to like just jumping in there, like, you know, full force for me, like it was like that high of like, oh, this feels great. And then once those feelings got retracted, I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was a whole lot to handle. And so I fell away from it. And so now that I'm trying to just do like a little bit at a time, just like start small and build myself up. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet. I want to get to the point where I, you know, I'm in that prayer space, you know, for hours in a day or whatever, even if it's just, you know, like while I'm you know, doing chores or whatever else, but I just haven't quite gotten there yet. And I think that's okay to start small. I think it really is because you're, you got to start somewhere and it's better, I think, to start small than to be overwhelmed by this big picture of what you're supposed to be, you know, your prayer life ought to be, and then just try to go there. It's very overwhelming. But um, regarding the, the dry spell a little bit, I was going through quite a bit of like a praying more and trying to make sure that my prayers were very intentional, that they were praying specifically to God and talking to God instead of just saying the words, which I have a tendency to do. And as I was doing that, like I could feel like, you know, you get all the good feelings that accompany that. And like, I could just feel myself growing closer to God and just like yearning for him. And, but recently it seems like that's just kind of dropped off. Like I, and I know some of my, my prayer life has kind of suffered. I've allowed it to suffer because of that. But I like, you know, I still have those periods where like kind of that resurgence of, you know, trying to pray more, even though maybe the desires aren't there. But I still just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm yearning to be closer to God. I'm yearning for that just, I think really what it is, is like that emotional connection with God that I've had in the past. And like, even beyond that, like, I want that so badly, but I I don't feel it. And it's incredibly frustrating because I'm like, what does it mean then to be close to you? You know? And like you're talking about, you know, it's not always the feelings and it's so hard to remember that. But then I'm like, okay, well, if it's not just the feelings, I'm like, I know that feelings aren't all there is. Like, what does that mean? Um, but like one of the things I've been trying to do is like when I've been praying is like, you know, just sitting with God, like after reading a bit of Mother Teresa, loving that woman, mm-hmm. but like just sitting with him in silence and not saying anything. Yes. Cause I like to talk a lot. I'm very flowery. <laughs> and so I'll, you know, say my prayers and I'm just like, God, just like be with me right now and just like connect with me and like enter into me and speak to me and change me from the inside out and just do your will in me. And I sit there and I'm like, you know, I have all the, the thoughts about all the things that are going to go on. And I try to push those to the side, but then in my head, I'm like, you know, swatting them away. And I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to be picturing that. It's very confusing. But I'm trying to do that. I don't think I'm doing great at it. But I'm trying. And I think God likes that. I think he appreciates the effort, you know. So, If I'm, a saint were to direct you, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, if you were to sit down and get spiritual direction from Mother Teresa, they would say that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You've hit the nail on the head. Um, that's exactly how you do it. You start small. You swat the thoughts away. You don't punish yourself for them. You just be with God when you don't have words. This is all how we draw back to him. You, you clearly have been listening because you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. So that's, that's encouraging. Well, and, but, and we all do, you know, we all need to hear that sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. that like, it's not about us talking. It's about being with him. But then there's also that problem of the yearning. Mm-hmm. You know, why won't you fill me? I'm yearning for you. And I don't, uh, you know, I can't get there. I can't feel it. That in itself is actually a prayer. 
the saints would tell you. That is doing something in your soul, carving out a space for God that will be filled later. I think that's really important because, like, in our society, we don't want to suffer at all. Like, we don't even want to yearn for God. We want to be filled with the fullness of God, which is his desire. And we want it now. But we, we fail to realize that there is a, a part of the spiritual life where in all the saints talk about it, not all of them, but the ones that do talk about it talk about it. This hunger for God that cannot, because it just, nothing you do makes it go away. It isn't satiated. That is from God himself. And I think of like, you know, when you feel discouraged, Stacey, like what you're saying, the fact that you even think, and I'm, I know I'm getting preaching here. This, unfortunately, I have a ministry that deals with this exact thing. And I told them I'm not going to talk and monopolize this conversation. <laughs> this is going to be the last thing I say for a minute. But... You, I think we fail to remember this. Prayer is an invitation. You did not start that. You, When you pray, it is responding to a call that is already being sounded in your soul. He initiates that. You respond. So for me, that helps to like frame it in that way because then I'm like, oh, I thought of you. That's because he thought of you first. He was calling out your name before you called his. It's just, It's a response. And we don't remember that and so we get down on ourselves like oh i'm not being disciplined in my prayer life which we should be and we should have discipline in our prayer life but also prayer is is literally a relationship with god where things sometimes are spontaneous and don't go the way you want it to that hasn't changed anything he's still right there and mother Teresa, if you could take her as a spiritual director oh my gosh that lady i talk about her all the time she's so beautiful. She has so much to say about motherhood and just moment by moment spirituality with God. I'm going to end there. Also, really, I'm going to take over because it's something I'm very passionate about. So I was just going to mention real quickly about you know you're talking about thoughts coming in your head and and swatting them away or whatnot. And I have found that the space that I'm trying to be silent in helps with that sometimes. Like. Um, so like if I'm in my living room, if the kids aren't around, that means I've gotten up early and nobody woke up with me and I can look at my crucifix that's above the, the fireplace and I can have that quiet time pretty much okay. But if the kids are up or anything else, I, I really have to leave the house. Like I have to walk outside, be in God's creation and to experience that even if it's only for two minutes of silence just with God so I can calm myself and any emotions or whatever, I find that the space that I'm in affects sometimes too. Because like, you know, kids, sometimes the house is cluttered and when your space is cluttered, you can feel that way too. I really struggle with finding the silence and this is actually something I have discussed on with like, parish, like my parish priest and confession and stuff and my kids like, well, you know, about how um, difficult <laughs> that is in, you know, just allowing yourself to just be in God's presence and just like with that quiet. And cause like if I, I try to wake up early and the kids of course will wake up earlier or, um, or I'll go outside and they'll follow me and I can't, you know, go in the front yard really cause we live off of a busy street. But something that I've been um, trying to work on is, well not trying to work on, but something that 
And I feel like, you know, God's kind of nudging me towards is, well, right now I am massively pregnant as we record this. And I, you know, wake up um, multiple times to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Or, you know, pretty soon I'll be waking up multiple times to feed a baby in the middle of the night again. Um, and using those times to not just, like, grab my phone and start looking at something on there. But most often I have been, you know, using that time to either just silently just listen mm -hmm. or or pick up my rosary if like if my mind wanders because well I don't know if it's mom thing ADHD thing woman thing whatever my brain gets filled with all sorts of things if I try and have any sort of silence I, I have a really hard time with silence in general I just I don't I can't even when my kids aren't home I'm like trying to fill the silence with other things um but really working on allowing myself to to, to really listen and um, whether that like I said whether that's just to just talk to God during those times um, to pray the rosary um, I have a few different like phone apps that I'll find different reflections on and listen to at night whether it's like an audio rosary or the um, like something on the pray as you go or the um, hello app um, where it just kind of brings that focus to to God as opposed to everything else in the world that my brain suddenly starts thinking about. Um, and the um, other thing that I have discovered in the past few years to help me with silence is noise-canceling headphones. Um, <laughs> they are amazing. Um, and it doesn't, you know, completely block out all the sound, but um, I found that it kind of helps me to, if I'm trying to, you know, refocus my day towards God as opposed to just all the busyness that's going on, um, just to kind of take a few moments where I just block it out as much as I can. And just spend a few moments just in that little bit of quiet-ish. <laughs> um, I even, I, I wear my headphones and, and use the noise canceling. Like when I'm in adoration, when they, you know, you can hear other things. It's just like that, that, that complete blocking um, really kind of has helped me focus more, um, especially like if there, you know, if there's music playing because there's confession going on at the same time, I get really distracted. Um, like my, that's just how my brain works. I guess it's just like every little sound. I'm like, Oh, what's that? What's that? And, um, and so that's helped me to kind of close off to those outside distractions. See, I remember a while back when I messaged our little group and I was complaining about my kids and how, like, I was just, like, it was a sensory overload because of all the noise mm -hmm. coming from all different angles. And Annie, you mentioned the noise-canceling headphones, and I thought you were joking. No, not at all. You told me that that wasn't. Hear things. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's the buzz that gets blocked out. Yeah. I, I like this idea for prayer, too. But also, I really need to get them for my kids. <laughs> okay. I, to, I told oh. my mom what you said, and she bought them for me. Oh, that's awesome. She was like, oh, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> my well, husband just bought me a new pair after mine disappeared. I'm pretty sure the toddler threw them away. Mm. That, was, that was my Mother's Day gift because he knew that my sanity needed it. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I liked that you pointed out was adoration because I was thinking right before you started talking about how it's another space that I find quiet is a lot easier to obtain than at home and I know it's not always practical to get to adoration for everybody you know so that's why outside is my more mm -hmm. go-to 
But um, adorate, like, so outside and adoration are the spaces that I am able to find that quiet easier. So, you know, finding a space that works for you, whether that's uh, you have your own little chapel at home or you have a chair at home or you have a space in your garden or whatever to find that space that works for you. Our house isn't um, huge, and I haven't really been able to carve out a great prayer space yet. I've, I've tried different places, and it just nothing's quite um, fit quite yet. But something um, what you know keeps me grounded in things, even though like my I, I need to work. I know I'm constantly trying to work on the prayer throughout the day, but just those. Um, but like for keeping me grounded throughout the week. We kind of have like we have a like a schedule of things that we do as a family um, that keep us that keep me like even though like if I haven't like like if I haven't had like some personal prayer time throughout the day it's like oh this is that reminder of like we're bringing it back to Jesus um, like Stacy said that adding the Angelus um, at lunchtime we do that to our family and um, different you know so we have other prayers that we we add in during. Um, meal times and then our family prayer at night but then also every Wednesday our family um or at least a subset of the family um goes to uh we have a 6 p.m mass at our parish which I know not everybody has an evening mass during daily mass during the week but that's something that like our family has you know does every week and we also have an adoration hour on Friday um but just kind of having those times during the week that kind of and and during our day that remind us that like this is the purpose like this is what our you know we're we're constantly bringing it back to Jesus and even when I go through the day and I'm like oh I didn't have a personal prayer time oh this reminds me like when we have like those specific times and specific things we do okay I need to make more time for that I need to I need to um you know, it may be just, you know, praying in our father, but then adding in like silently, like, okay, God, I'm sorry for these things. Like this is, you know, thank you for these things in the day. And just maybe a quick examine, um, just, just of like one or two things, um, that just kind of remind me from throughout the day. I was going to say, like, you're saying about adding things into your routine. We also do, um, we try to have a three o'clock um, cleanup time and I play the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the background. And I think that stillness and quiet are extremely important. And we hear about how important they are all the time. But I think it's also important for all of us to remember that you can pray while you're doing something mm-hmm. also. And so uh, like we'll tidy up from our day at three o'clock before snack time um, it's the end of my kids' quiet time, and it's right before snack, and we'll tidy up and listen to the Divine Mercy and sing the Divine Mercy Chaplet as we clean. It's not always perfect, but it's part of our routine, which I think helps incorporate some of those things, and yeah. it helps me stay a little bit grounded in prayer. Also, mm-hmm. I love that. Like we, we, I always like I have a an alarm. I started uh, adding in the three o'clock Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, around Lent, a little bit before Lent, um, this past year, but that's always, for me, it's like, it's, we're going to stop, and, like, we, I just sit, and we pray it aloud, sometimes we sing it, sometimes, right, but it's kind of like a reset, because we'll, like, half the time, 
that three o'clock hour, like right before that, my kids are going crazy and they're yelling at each other. And I'm like, all right, we're stopping. It's, it's three o'clock. We're praying the chaplet. And then everybody just kind of calms. And it's, it's just kind of a beautiful moment. So I love how you incorporated your family, Stacy, with with having that be like your, your kind of cleanup time. I love hearing how everybody has these different ways that they um, find uh, work best for their family for you know prayer and just that reset in their lives. I want to come back really quick to something you said about having a set space that you do your mental prayer time in. Um, there's a, that's actually a biblical tradition. It's really it's something. There's a book called Into the Deep by Dan Burke, and he talks about this about how um, our biblical fathers would, when they would encounter God, they would go to a certain place. Like Moses would go to the tent of meeting. Um, the other prophets would build an altar where they would meet with God each day. So I think that that is part of who we are as believers is setting aside that place where we go to meet with him. And I think that that's really important, even if it's like a side table near your couch where you just have what you want to look at when you sit and pray and that's your sacred space. I think finding a sacred space in your home, even if it's like teeny tiny and not that fancy, is really important because when we return back to those spaces, eventually our heart learns that it's returning back to God. And I think for me, I'm like a physical person. Like I need to have that place that I go to. I even will, like when I'm at home, I'll even wear like this really obnoxious crucifix around my neck. I mean, it's like big because it's heavy and I can feel it slapping against my chest when I'm bending over to pick something up or, and it's like this physical reminder to, to offer those sufferings to the cross, to unify my sufferings at the cross, to return back to that interior chapel inside of me every day. And I know not everybody's like that, but I need those physical things to remind me. I even will carry like this book that I have. It's by Vinnie Flynn. It's the Mass and Adoration Handbook. It's one of the best prayer books I think I've ever encountered. And he's kind of combined this other one with his stuff, which is really cool. It's one I used before. It's, I don't know how they've done this, but it's a beautiful leather-bound book. So it's a little bit of a a price to, to pay for it. But it's little. It fits in your pocket. Not like you have like a tiny pocket, but you know, a mom pocket, the really giant ones. The mom jeans. Yeah. <laughs> It'll fit in that. And I'll feel that weight of that throughout my day. And it reminds me, just grab it really quick while you're waiting or even in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, like things like this. Grab it and just utter just a few lines of prayer to God, a few things that you can say or just a few pages if you can get to it or anything just even the act of opening it if you never even read it these are all ways that we're faithful that we show ourselves faithful to god and mother Teresa, your girl my girl she says that that is the most important thing in the spiritual life is faithfulness it is not perfection it is not meeting your routine every day and making sure you do it right it's going back again and again and again and again to return to the source who, he, who is him. He is the source. He is what we need. For me, when I get flustered with my kids or whatever throughout the day, I have the worst time resetting. I mean, it is like I almost cannot physically do it. It just ruins my whole day. Unless I use like a phrase or something like, Help me see is the one I use all the time. 
Help me to see. I think I use it daily. Help me to see them the way you see them. Help me to see my life the way you see it. Help me to see with your eyes so that I can return and, and respond the way I need to. Because I, I just have a really hard time resetting when I'm mad or frustrated or irritated. And more often than not, I can't seem to get back in. And just those quick phrases without having to like, God, I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. This is what happened. He knows. He sees it all. He just saw what my child did. So just looking at him and being like, <laughs> you know, I just, help me, Lord. Help. Help me. Please come and be present to me right now. Meet me right here. Meet me right here is one that I started saying. Mm -hmm. Little phrases like that have helped me a lot. Yeah. Well, so I have, I've been wanting to do, like, I've heard some people talk recently about remembering um, Bible verses mm -hmm. and, like, saying those throughout the day. Like, if something specific happens, like, you know, routinely in your day or whatever, like, picking out a Bible verse that's, you know, kind of an uplifting, hopeful one that you can recite in those times. I've been really wanting to do that. I'm not the greatest at remembering Bible verses, though, so I haven't quite done that yet. But one thing that I have done, um, and again, Mother Teresa... She's taught me this, is that starting your day with prayer, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I mean, it's always good to, but what she was talking about, like, every morning, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she always basically says, good morning, Jesus, is the first thing that she does before she, like, you know, puts her feet on the floor, and I've been learning to do that. I've been practicing it for a while, and I just say, good morning, Jesus, I love you, your will be done today. And I try to make it very intentional straight to him. And now, like, when I wake up, you know, I'm groggy for a couple of seconds. But now I've gotten into the habit where my mind goes straight to that prayer. Mm -hmm. And I'm still working on it. I I don't know why, but I have such a hard time praying in front of people. Like, saying it out loud. <laughs> I get, like, really embarrassed. Like, I'm going to say this is going to be really stupid or whatever. And so, like, when, my, oh, when it's during the weekday, my husband gets up before I do and he goes to work. I'll say it in the morning. My kids are around and I'm like, this is great for my kids to hear. I want them to, like, start their day with Jesus. And then, but, but then when my husband's home, I'm like, good morning, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do it, but I do. And I'm like, no, like, my job is to get him to heaven. So, like, I've got to put, it, put aside this whatever it is that I'm experiencing here and just be like, no, like, if I start with my day with Jesus, I want him to experience that as well. Like, I want that, that grace to flow to him as well. And so that's, that's one thing that I've been doing is just, you know, that starting that habit. Now, Alicia, what's the name of the book that you've been reading with Mother Teresa? No Greater Love. No Greater Love. Okay. I'm a, I'm, I think I've talked about this in a few episodes, and that's because I'm a really slow reader. <laughs> so I've got like, halfway through, but it's really good. I recommend there's a lot of stuff written about her and there's okay I found probably 10 that I think are actually worthwhile and useful the rest of it's kind of I mean there's just literally hundreds of books written about her or containing things that she said she's just God, incredible and the deeper you dive in her she will take you straight to the heart of that shortcut I mean like it is She's just, everything she says is so pertinent to mothers. I even made a podcast about this, how Mother Teresa taught me how to be a mom. Like, I mean, because she did. Cause I, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. There's one. Earlier, I was talking about how I use the Divine Mercy Chaplet when I'm cleaning. 
And we, you know, we talked about how we were also going to give you some of our book recommendations in this podcast. So one that I love for cleaning, I give out halfway through the book and that because we don't have all these spaces because we've been renovating our house for a while or I have them, but they're not in those ready to be cleaned. But um, having a Martha home, the merry way, she talks about a lot about praying and um, she breaks up your house into easy to clean sections and there's prayer with that goes with it. Yeah, I'm so. in the same boat as Stacy. I've gone through about halfway <laughs> several times. But I really like the reflections, like in the Bible um, studies that are kind of go along with each area of your house yes. as well. And another one that I read not too long ago, and we actually did with our um, Coffee and Catholics book club that I haven't been very good at keeping up, but... Um, but we, I read in February, was Radical Saints, 21 Women for the 20, from the 21st Century, or for the 21st Century. The book is all about saints that we have pictures of, and, can, and there's research of, and they're all women who are very relatable. And um, the book is a really easy read, like extremely easy, because it has like a little background information. It has um, about each saint, and it has like a gift uh, that that saint possessed. And then it has a story of a, just a modern woman that reminded the author of that saint. And then there's just like a little reflection part and some questions about how that saint's life relates to your life. And so it was a really good one for my prayer time. I think um, some of the books I have found the most accessible that are still pretty spiritually deep um, and rich, rich in their application as well, are Jacques Philippe's books. Um, yep. Searching for and maintaining yep. peace is number one on my yeah. list for mothers. <laughs> if you haven't read that yet, order it today, get it. Um, second, I would put Interior Freedom by the same author, Jacques Philippe, and then followed by Time for God, which is another excellent, short, easy <laughs> books to read quick and you can get a lot out of them very quickly that you can apply to your life those have been really life-changing for me in those seasons that you guys are describing where there's just no silence anywhere in your home um those really help to get where you're trying to go um he has another one that um we got with our conference stuff um but it's it's a prayer book and they're short little readings of his and it's called Nine Days to Rediscover the Joy of Prayer, too. So when you're, ha- you know, maybe you're struggling a little bit with getting back into your prayer life, these are just real short. And it's day by day, and it's nine days worth of little prayers. So it's like a little novena of itself. I would say, too, like in, in terms of books, obviously, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning a little bit more about, like, praying the scriptures rather than just reading them because for a long time I just read them and I was like this has absolutely nothing to do with me like why am I reading this deuterotical book or whatever like it doesn't make any sense and really it was um what is that the bible in a year podcast by father Mike Schmitz he really started making it more relatable for me And, and then I started just listening to more people talking about praying the scriptures and so and I think maybe he had mentioned it as well and so yeah. now just sitting down with the Bible and just like saying a prayer beforehand, like, you know, help me to get to know you better um, through this. 
if there's anything that you want to say to me through this, like let it stand out to me, like you're probably done, just whatever, whatever you want. And then just going through it. And I, and I don't always get something out of it, but um, like that necessarily particularly pertains to me. But now I've been able to see a little bit more, um, you know, listening to Father Mike Schmitz and then just really trying to focus on the covenantal um, foundation of the Old Testament and the whole Bible is that, you know, that relation that's all about relationship. And so I've been able to see like, you know, as they're listing all of these names and um, like right now I'm in one Chronicles. And so they're all, they're basically doing, the author is doing is just telling me who these people were and, you know, in, in history and what their jobs were in the temple. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I'm getting better at reading the names though. I don't think I'm getting them right, but I've gotten like, it's, it's easier. Anyways. But like looking at that and saying, oh, okay, well, you know, here God is an ordered God. Like he is a God of order and he knows our names and he has specific intentions for each one of us and a plan for our lives. And they are all different, but they're all super important, like things like that. So I think praying the scriptures is really important. If Noelle was here, she would also recommend this. I just cannot remember the life of me, how to pronounce or like the actual name, um, but the um, Immaculata... Oh, yes. I did. Uh, Immacula. What is it? Immacula. I can't remember her last name. Illabigisa? Yes. Yes. Immaculate Illabigisa. Immaculate. What is it? Illabigisa. Illabigisa. Okay. I've read it, but I haven't actually said it out loud ever. I could probably be bitching. I'm sorry, Immaculate. I love you. Yes. She's such a good speaker. Yes. And her book about her life and then also about. But she read about um, Our Lady of Cabejo, um, were just are just phenomenal. Um, I really um, just yeah, I really would recommend those. And talking about prayer life, and you know, I was listening to you, Alicia, talk about praying in the scriptures, and all I could think of was Alexio Divina, mm -hmm. which is a form of prayer. So talking about um, meditating on a scripture, and um, there's lots of tools out there to help you and I'll try to find find go. I'm sure Lauren has one that I can put in the notes of the podcast. But um Alexio Divina is one way to, you can pray the scriptures also. And also um trying so if a book, like a big book is a little too much for you, um you know, I'm a slow reader also. Um maybe you still want some Mother Teresa, her do something beautiful for God. It's um, daily little sayings of hers. So just one little quote a day from Mother Teresa and for the whole year. So that's another suggestion I have. And also if a, um, a big book is a little too much, just because maybe you just don't have time. Maybe you're busy, but you still want to do something. You still want to read and get more out of it. Um, building the domestic church series. They're little pamphlets that a lot of the churches and Knights of Columbus will put out in the backs of churches. They have some good ones. There's one on St. Joseph. and These are the little oh. books that you've seen that have like the mosaic pictures of the saints with the blue stripe on the top and the blue stripe on the bottom. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. The Knights put them in all the parishes. They're actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. And just a real blessing that they've done that. And they're just really quick little books. So, you know, if, you know, like I said, if a big, you know, 700,000 page book is 
is too much right now. There's even smaller, like there's books that have like smaller chunks for you to digest and to reflect on also. And there's also fantastic podcasts. Like we just talked about Father Mike's Bible in the Year. And Lauren has her own personal podcast. I she do. could plug it's it. It's rusty, but it, there's some great back episodes on this stuff. Uh, lots of good, um, beautiful teaching from the saints to share on that podcast of practicing the presence of God for moms, practicing the presence of God in the workplace. Um, Brother Lawrence, again, is going to be an excellent resource, a Carmelite uh, monk who wrote about how to draw your work into the presence of God and sanctify every moment of every day. And then I also want to talk to you guys who actually do want something a little more meatier. Someone who maybe is like, yeah, I'm ready to take that leap and really get into something that will really just push me intellectually and, um, and spiritually. Uh, I will tell you that the most valuable book in my opinion that exists outside of the Bible in terms of spiritual reading, um, is divine intimacy. And it's a, Again, it's leather-bound and it's a little pricey, but it's a compilation of all of the, um, I'm not sure if it was homilies that he gave or just instruction he gave, but it's um, Father Gabriel um, of of St. Mary Magdalene. Absolutely. He pulls from probably 30 different saints in that book, along with his own catechesis. It is deep. It is beautiful. It will draw you to virtue, just like we were talking about before. And it's so thorough, but it's just one reading a day, like one or two pages. And you could probably sit with it for a while. So if you really are ready for something a little bit more intense and you're ready to really dig and commit to, um, I I can tell you that that book is an excellent one. If you're scared of that one, but you still want to go a little deeper, I I could recommend um, Father John Bartunek's, oh man, the title's escaping me right now, The Better Part. The Better Part by Father John. That is based off the Gospels. And that begins to teach you how to pray the Gospels and pray the Scriptures. And it's beautiful. Those are, other, those are two that are a little more, you know, hefty. If you're, if you're past Jacques Philippe and you're past the small books and you're wanting to go a little deeper. Well, and I will say, too, I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this who are thinking, like, I don't like to read. I don't have, I don't like to make the time for read or I don't really feel like I have the time to read. But I'm sure that there are a lot of these books that are on like Audible. Audible, yes. And you there. can listen to them on your drive to and from work or wherever else and still really get, you know, yeah. the benefits of I love of Audible. I use it every day. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of audiobooks and my noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> 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 no, with, with the kids, like it just being, just not finding the time lately. And I do a lot of audiobooks. And whether it's, um, I don't have Audible actually, I should, but... I actually get a lot of stuff off the formed app um, and because I'm cheap and they're free. <laughs> and then also just from the library, like the, audio, the Overdrive or Libby or whatever your library has, you can find a lot of these. Um, maybe not the ones that we've mentioned here, but like you can find a lot of, of good, solid reading um, that can help you with your spiritual life. Um, they're, they're actually the, the, um, the one that you mentioned like at the very beginning, Stacy, the um, having a what a Martha home and a uh-huh. yeah Mary, having a having Martha Martha home the Mary, the Mary way. way yeah I got that at the library at first like on a you know it's an ebook or um, in an audiobook it was actually available on both 
before I decided to go ahead and buy the physical book, I was like, let me check this out first. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, and so, and I go between those, like, cause it's, you know, I have with my headphones, like I'll, you know, just go through and I'll have listened to some of it on audiobook because, well, that's just what I have time for that day. Um, and then go back to the book and just kind of go back and forth. And I really um, appreciate like the technology that's available today to be able to do that and the resources out there. I'm just like impressed by mamas who have time, like who who have the space to actually listen to audio anything. Because like I'll I'll turn on my podcast and then my child runs and I pause it. I'm like, yes, honey. And then that happens like every five seconds, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I just turn it off. I'm done. Headphones. <laughs> I put one in one ear, and yeah. then the other ear listens for the screams. <laughs> But then I can't do the noise canceling if there's only one in though, and that's a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ebooks are are nice because uh, one of the things that I think of when we mention all these books is the price tag that goes with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while I love physical books, sometimes getting the ebook is a little bit more economical. Mm-hmm. So audiobooks are available. Ebooks, um, like I said, there's the free pamphlets in the back of the church most of the time. So there's lots of resources. I hope we've been able to give you some practical things to use in your prayer life, whether those are just strategies on how to incorporate prayer, um, books to help you grow in your prayer life, or um, the idea of creating or finding a space to find that silence and stillness with God. And we would love to hear from you also on what you guys do and book recommendations that you guys guys read happy reading and praying and as always thank you for joining us thanks thank you please join us again in two weeks until then may god bless you and may mary accompany you